ever worried that you might be the cool kid You wear the latest fashions on top of all the trends Or have you ever worried you were too much in the mainstream Always so generic, more normal than your friends Well, we've devised a test to put to rest your fears There's no need to panic if you lend us your ears Tonight you can't sleep easy after all that you've heard Cause if you like the show, then you're probably a nerd Oh, Ken, it's Ken, it's Welcome to the It's Canon Podcast, the podcast that has lasted longer than most Netflix shows, the podcast that has lasted longer than Queeby. That's right, it's the It's Canon Podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things geek, anything and everything. I'm your host, I'm Boris, and this week I am joined by Phil. Hey everybody, how's it going? Wonderful to be here. Hope you're safe. And Tyler. I swear to God, Boris, I put food in my mouth as soon as like I'm like, all right, well, he's going to feel the stuff. And I put food in. He's like, all right, let's go. And I'm like, no. Classic so if Tyler. I die, listeners, it's Boris's fault. It, chances are it will be my fault when it inevitably happens. That's right. Wow, it's another ominous. Sunday. It is very ominous. It is another Sunday. We're going to be talking about all things geek on today's episode. Specifically, we're going to be talking about all of the news of the week. It's been a fun, busy week. It's been something. It's been... I don't even know anymore. I don't know what's going on in this timeline anymore. A couple days ago here in the GTA, it was 20-something degrees. Now it's, what, zero? Yeah. Yeah, that's about it. Fall just came in overnight again. Yep. Fuck. 2020 looked at 2020 and said, you know what? This is to 2020 for 2020. <laughs> I've been forgetting which day of the week it is lately. Like, it's it's not good. No. Not every, every week. I was convinced Tuesday was Wednesday and vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. Especially Got now it. that we're in that stretch, you know, right before daylight saving time ends, you know, we're fucked. Yeah. Next week, times change. Oh, no, it does. Yep. Yep. Yeah. All right. We get the extra hour of drinking in at the bar. Oh, the bar's not open. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. The dank and moist bars and the dank and moist theaters. All closed right now here in the GTA. (laughs) And surrounding areas. (laughs) And surrounding areas. Maybe Halton. We'll see. Anyways, guys, we have a lot of things going on this week. This week, a little show on Disney+. Plus. The little show that could is starting its new season. Oh, is is Frozen getting its show? Yeah, I thought, yeah, I heard Frozen was going to get a show. Uh, Olaf Ooh. is going to have his wintry adventures. Honestly, oh. fun for the whole family. I love uh, and we're not going to think about the implications of the fact that Elsa can create life. <laughs> oh, well, geez, that's a spoiler. Yeah. Like, yeah. You better write that into the show notes. Yeah, which you know, we got it sometimes. It's why people come here for the hot and spicy, What's hot and spicy updates in a doink, in a doink, in a doink environment. Doink environment. 
Wow. Well, that went in an unforeseen direction. I heard The Mandalorian Season 2 is starting as well. I think a few people might watch that. I don't know. I think the three of us are going to nah, be watching that. I don't think anyone's ever watched that show. Oh, God. Here we go. Yeah, the three of us. Uh, it's also leaked, I guess, as well. I'll add to Boris's stunning title launch there. Um that the potentially the first episode is going to be a groundbreaking 52 minutes. There we go. 52. 52. Yeah. That's going to be part fun. Cheer from their kind of guideline of about a half hour each episode in season 1. The wonderful world of streaming which doesn't need to adhere to any time constraints can do as it pleases. So, True. I think 52 minutes is definitely a 52 minute if true a 52 minute interlude in the star wars that most fans will take open-armed yeah Maybe. oh yeah let's see we'll see the more time in, the, in that universe the more unhappier i am the more time Even, yeah, from the skywalkers the happier i am yeah that's yeah. the big part right i was gonna be like oh so you'd watch another three hours of just random random video video random directors fighting each other <laughs> Yeah, I would actually. That, that's to be honest. Like, I know we have this discussion often, but even with Ryan Johnson's The Last Jedi, which I thought was a dog pile of a film, but I know that it's uh, other people love it, and that's fair. But I love watching it just because I am conflicted about it. Okay, you know, I I like either solidifying what I don't like or even redeeming some qualities that maybe I was unfairly you know, ac accusing Ryan Johnson of before, you know, there are things that I've had to walk back and go, oh, that was subtly brilliant after all. Like once I get past my anger, there is a good movie in there. It just didn't feel like a star Wars movie to me, but that's okay. It's, it's kind of what was needed in the franchise. I think. Okay, buddy. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you both know that I'm pro, but I, I find it very funny. That feels like a very, like, I feel like Phil's been watching, so, I don't know, Phil seems very relaxed today. I know. I was literally going to say that. Yeah. both angry old men, and Boris has to mediate. And today, Boris looks like he's ready to punch someone. And <laughs> Phil's like, you know what? I think I was hard on Rian Johnson, and I think that he's actually a pretty cool guy. Maybe he wants to have coffee sometimes. Hey, well, okay. you know what? Like, Boris pointed me over to Knives Out, and I loved oh, it. Great movie. Yeah, like unbelievably great movie, and I thought that was going to be a, a movie that I hate with my oh, gut. So good, you know, because I don't like murder mysteries. I don't like any of this shit, and it turned out to be fantastic. So, yeah, we're getting a sequel to it too. Oh, good. Yeah. You know, I'd be interested in that. I like the characters. It just goes, but it made me rethink of the Last Jedi. It made me, you know, just reconsider. Uh, I, no, see, this Not explains a lot about you. I I seem to now understand you a little bit better now that you've kind of like come full circle on this. How so? <laughs> We're not touching that one today. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> We're not touching that one today. There's a beanie mix at the center. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Let's go get chalupas. Eight minutes in, we're still doing our intro because it's going to be that type of episode, I think. And I had a feeling it was going to be that type of episode. Um, yeah, so Mandalorian Season 2, we're going to be talking about all things Star Wars, specifically all things Mandalorian, with Bruise and Blasters. That's on Wednesday's show. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, 
Those guys are awesome. They're hilarious. Yeah. Love we, the, their podcast. Yep. We had I them can't on. Wait to hear their thoughts. What, five years uh, ago? Which toys they got. Yeah. Seems like it was last week. It does, doesn't it? Five years. Five years, Tyler, we've been doing this off and on. <laughs> Time's weird. Yeah. Time is weird right now. Time That's is awesome. so weird. Bill, what have you been doing this week? It's like the five year guest cycle, man. What have I been doing this week? Yeah. Um, you know what? Just clearing out a bunch of TV out of my eye holes. And it's just, you know, finishing up Ted Lasso, watching some sports. Uh, nothing too uber geeky. Just kind of chilling, making it through the week, working lots, and uh, playing Animal Crossing. Like, what can I say? The grind never stops. I still don't get that game. I really do not understand that game. It's a cultural phenomenon. What can I say? It is so 2020 that if I don't do it, it I'm not in 2020 anymore. Phil, did you go visit uh, any of the political parties that have been creating islands in Animal Crossing? No, I actually... Um, that's a good point. I, I have not opened up my game to the world. <laughs> Okay. I'm, living, I'm living in a vacuum on my island and I'm I'm micromanaging it to make every NPC speak in a dirty foul <laughs> code. So like I was you saying, don't want them to know about the outside world? No, because I, I I've heard some mixed reviews. Like when you put your code of your world on them, people start showing up and being idiots. So wow. I can only imagine what the political islands are like. <laughs> It's yeah. bad enough just turning on the TV to watch a debate. Like, come on. That's supposed to be civil. I can imagine what's going on in Animal Crossing. People stealing fruit out of your trees. I don't know what goes on that. It just sounds stealing like pandemonium. Fruit. I'm I'm dying to get some oranges, man. I don't have, like, there's certain fruit I don't have. Like, that's the foundation of the game. It's blowing my mind. Yeah, we got to go to someone else's island. You got to open yourself up. Maybe yeah. this has, this episode is this episode's just the intervention with Phil being like, "Hey, you got to open yourself up." Yeah. Once again, I feel like we're Ian Johnson in. I feel like Tyler, myself, and our if listeners. You don't get us on not, track for us. Uh, no, I'm letting you guys go today. You know what? This is going to be the type of episode. If Boris wasn't around, this is the type of show we would have. Continue. Oh, <laughs> uh, I feel like he's trying to prove something now. My goodness, we just. Took- I mean. A carefree I, Sunday. I think we did a couple of weeks without him. Seem to remember that happening. Yeah. You know what? And a- after last week, when we just seemed to not have any topics, I actually wrote up notes this week. So there you go. <laughs> well, let's jump on to, jump into it then, Phil. All right. Well, we covered off number one with Mandalorian there. Obviously, um, you know, like we've got lots of stuff that's happened this week. Like. Let's just go into that controversy that occurred with the uh, Ultimate Smash Brothers. Steve from Minecraft has now been introduced as a playable character in said uh, uh, video game. And a little bit of controversy erupted these past weeks where Steve, upon beating a an opposition member... Ah, that's actually hilarious. Yeah, he eats a piece of meat. Yes, well, they're beet meat, and it's all in there, boys and girls. Uh, uh, Steve. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Did you just call our listeners boys and girls? Oh no, I called you and Tyler boys and girls. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. 
That's fine. Come not on. our listeners. Tyler and I, go ahead. Not our listener. Continue. No, no, no. So anyhow, Steve, when he beats somebody, eats his meat <laughs> and then lowers it to make it look like it's basically his member. Like, um, it kind of has this phallic representation, which I would strongly encourage you to take a look on Twitter and see what's going on. And uh, Nintendo are probably claiming, I'm pretty sure, that uh, this was completely accidental. And they've set, since reversed the phallic placement of the meat in question. <laughs> Tyler, did you get a chance to see this? <laughs> I did, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, am, I am less concerned than Phil is from our pre-episode talk. Because, you know, I agree that this isn't a great look, but the other side being, I don't, I don't know. Like I could see it getting past a lot of people being like, Oh, it's just, he's it's the meat. It's, it's how he holds it in the game and it's fine. And they didn't, it didn't occur to anyone that the angle makes it look really different. Well, it, it kind of leads into that whole thing. You know, the controversy that's had been happening over the years with a lot of the Disney movies and things like that about artists placing certain suggestive material into scenes. And this kind of follows along that line because I just can't see that Nintendo, there's a bunch of people that didn't see a problem with this mm-hmm. because I've shown it to random people that I know in my life who don't video game or anything. And immediately they, they recognize this as a problem. You sure. know, they see Steve holding his meat like that and it's not a big stretch of the imagination with the art style of Minecraft uh, to think that that is a logical extension of Steve. Fair. And I... Is it a war between Nintendo and Microsoft? Like, was it intentionally done to make Microsoft's property look bad? Oh, I don't, I don't think that at all. Because, you know, it's weird that even the Minecraft people are showing up in Smash Brothers. Right? Is it? I don't think it is. Because, well, Microsoft owns Mahjong Studios, right? The creators of Mojang, not Mahjong. Mojang, whatever the heck it's called, Mojang. There we go. I stand corrected. But they own that, right? And And it's a pretty big jewel for Microsoft. So... I just think that it's great when they get together and they play in the sandbox. It just looks weird. Like I can see Microsoft being like, "Hey, you you kind of embarrassed us here." Maybe. But it also gave them a know. lot more attention for a week. Yeah. That's true too. That is very true. Yeah, I mean that that is a conspiracy theory of it being coordinated to get free um publicity. I would believe that before Microsoft is trying to hurt Nintendo. Oh, I don't think Microsoft tried to hurt it. I think Nintendo injected it and tried to hurt Microsoft. But even same thing. I don't think. Yeah. I would not believe that. I believe the artificial um, kerfuffle over that. Yeah, I, 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 hearing what you guys are saying, for sure. Artificial kerfuffle? Hey, and we're talking about it, right? Like, And there's multiple media sources talking about it. It's not just a story that kind of went away. It, it it was it was observed and joked about and yeah enjoyed. I'm sure many people jumped on the Smash Brothers just to to get a few extra rounds in with Steve to see said meat presentation. Mm-hmm. 
So you're saying is they got us. They got us. They so, got us. Uh, guys, 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 guys. Would you call this a meet and greet? No. I'd, I'd go with it just for the sake of that we got the same meet and greet. <laughs> I just wanted to shit on Boris in his first line in a while. <laughs> <laughs> it was okay. And I was like, oh, but Boris is so happy. I can see his face. And he's like, ah. And I'm like, no. <laughs> I looked down and I said no. Well done. All right. Well done indeed. All right. All right we'll let's... keep the video game talking going. Atari's released a new console. And here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen, this thing also can boot up as a computer. So it's not only a 4K next gen console that's targeted at competing with the ps5 and microsoft it, it plays on linux it, it plays its own has its own operating system but you can also boot up windows with this thing it you can get it in wood grain just like the 2600 you can get it in black you can get it in i think a dark gray there's other options it's 390 dollars us and they're actually shipping it's no longer vaporware Anybody catch that in the news this yep. week? Here's I... here's the funny part about that is like every headline that I saw about this Atari console, it was the the headlines were along the line of Atari just crashed PS5 party. Atari announces um, new console ahead of PS5 release. Uh, forget PS5, new Atari console. Notice the headlines. It's been ho oh, ho. Sony, you guys fucked up. This new console mm -hmm. is nice and shiny. And it, like it's it's taken me right now cuz I wanted to make sure that this was actually something that I saw as opposed to something that I envisioned in my head. Um it's about one in every 5, one in every 6 articles where they before they mention Xbox in this release. Oh yeah. It's just funny. The optics, yeah, you know, it, it's kind of funny though too because last week one of the news headlines was that they figured the Xbox is going to outsell the PS5 in this holiday season. Exactly. So the market's all over the place on burying it or promoting it. And secondly, Atari's coming to market with this thing in a very limited fashion. It's not like you're going to walk into Walmart and there's going to be zero PS5s. Well, that's going to be an inevitability anyway. And there's going to be this mountain of glowing, you know, angels singing Atari right over there. And you're going to go, oh, my God, I'm going to grab one of those instead. Like, I expect this thing is going to be a pain in the ass to get. I okay, don't think so... that the Atari has a distribution model that's even going to compare to Microsoft or, or, or Sony. I see this more as a collector's item more than anything else. Like, I don't think any regular day-to-day -day yeah. gamer is going to be picking this up. I, you know, this is not on my radar. I don't think it's on any of your radar. Like, really, the only the the super interested, um, you know, I must have everything that comes out type of collector is going to really want this. Um, you know, is do we know what? If they they have any publishers on side, uh, like what's going on in terms of software? Well, yeah, so I'm looking into it, and it looks like their big set of launch titles is a hundred original Atari games. Yeah. There you go. It's packed with retro, retro stuff. It, it's got a newer controller, but it also has the old controller. 
I th- I think the biggest lure to this thing might be the fact in my in my guesstimation would be that it can also be a computer. Yeah. I think that's the biggest selling point for it just because it might offer somebody at 390 it might offer <clears throat> some students or some certain segment of the market some parents to go hey look you can use this for school and there's a end of it that can do gaming especially it- working from home schooling <sighs> from home stuff like that maybe like it, it's a long shot you could just go I, i'm curious how many people are going to buy it that didn't back the the crowdfunding side of it yeah yeah. Like, I, I hear I hear what you're saying, Phil, but the other side being like, I'm not I'm not a very technically savvy person. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I can build a device for sub a hundred dollars that can do everything that can do. Yeah, and maybe that's, that's bananas to me. I don't know sub a hundred dollars that can do four K, but I think you could make a competitive machine, yes. Like, no doubt. I mean, I, I guess that's fair. Is it's 4K, but it's 4K with what? Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know about the internals. Like, you know, we see Sony tearing down their machines and liquid metal engineering and all this kind of stuff is happening in these massive heat sinks. The size of this device really tells me, and the length of time that it's taken to get to market tells me that there's probably some cut corner somewhere like it's it's you i agree with you guys in the sense that it's going to be a nostalgia piece yeah for the collectors that basically jumped on you know the creation of this uh, i would love to own one in the sense that i love the retro aspect of it with the wood paneling and it makes me think back to that original Atari 2600 but beyond that i don't know it just looks like it's going to be a dust collector yeah so yeah, I'm I mean, I'm looking at a a Raspberry Pi four here, and it looks like you can get at least what it's releasing out of the box with for again easily sub hundred dollars. It's got four K outward outlet. It's got a comparable processor. You can put decent RAM in it. I mean, if you look at what few hardware specs have released for the Atari VCS, it's running on AMD four core, which for a console is not as up there as some of the other stuff we're seeing so i don't know what's going on at that price point yeah yeah sounding like a lot <laughs> now i'm like three night it's, it's, it's honestly raspberry just pie. it's a nostalgia piece like there's nothing more to it i don't you know it is what it is yeah i don't think i'm gonna touch it now <laughs> <laughs> Tyler, just talk me out of it i mean well, this is the kind of thing where I would love to be wrong. I'd love that they're like, oh yeah, we just were slow playing it and we have like a brand new four dimension super powerful Pac-Man. Yes. Sure. That'd be awesome, but there's nothing like that. And it's just very much like we have a new Atari. Yeah. And it's like, okay. (laughs) Honestly, like this thing should have released a year or two ago and it would have been a much bigger deal. Yeah, as the like, like yeah. the Nintendo classics and minis were coming out, right? Like when that was the big craze. Yeah, like yeah. I just think nostalgia wise, and if they were able to get the type of stuff that they're delivering to market now, if they were able to, because I think the original intention was to have this thing out, like like I say, years ago, and it's just turned into this joke because Atari just keeps on saying, "Well, it's delayed again. It's delayed again. It's delayed again." It's finally happening, which I guess is the rejoice point for a lot of fans. And good on them if they if they were backing this. But 
you know. I mean, one of the big announcements they released in August was that it had what is that it supports blockchain games, which one of my gigs is I write about blockchain and blockchain games is along with this thing of like you will to do things we've never done or heard of before and like people are like okay we'll do it and they're like we're gonna be able to and it's like okay but do do something then they're like such a powerful technology it it's funny it's so funny i feel like we should dedicate a whole episode just to that because there's just so many things that we can talk about and touch on there or oh. like star citizen come on <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. bugs me so much. Yeah. It just reminds me anytime that I see these delayed or this promised idea of something and then it just starts crapping the bed. I just think of Star Citizen. I just, that's where my mind goes. Yep. But I own a two thousand dollar spaceship. Yeah. <laughs> and we're just gonna make ourselves we're just gonna remove ourselves from any accountability to the marketplace or people who have invested in us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh yeah, we don't even know when the date's going to come out. We're not even going to try to talk to you about it either. <laughs> Wait, when <laughs> did we start yeah. talking about Halo Infinite? Oh, Wah. shots fired! Well, apparently Are people love. That, well, who knows what they're doing? No one knows what the fuck they've been doing for five years. Yeah, fair enough. Playing Halo yeah. Four. <laughs> uh, apparently. People like to search for 343 Industries <laughs> ruined Halo. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, okay, this is an absolute sidebar, but I found this absolutely hilarious. So I've been um, trying to gather more metrics of the show, uh, seeing what people, you know, like listening to, how they reach our site and our episodes and this and that. Um, one of the things that you can do with SEO and Google Analytics is it shows you before people reach your site what they search on Google. Number two search result was 343 destroys Halo. I, I feel somewhat directly responsible for that. <laughs> Angry Phil kind of put a lot on 343 for ruining Halo. So. Well, we talk about oh, it so my. often, too. And how can you not? But I don't think we've ever yeah. actually... Anyways, it's just funny, though. So, it's now like our SEO now is riddled with Halo sucks, Halo destroyed, 343 sucks. All of it of which is yeah. true, but, you know, here we are. Well, right. I, I did a deep breakdown, right, on 343 and the decline of Halo and just the botched Master Chief Collection launch everything so i I did kind of freddy got fingered him so botched again because i believe they delayed the remaster of four oh great all right and infinite oh my gosh the botch that keeps on botching yeah yeah they're they're doing great you know like bocce ball bungie could make a proper halo hit every two years on the dot and yet 343 takes eight years to remake something I mean, yeah, I it's imagine it's, it's a little bit of death by committee and stuff going on as well. Yeah, yeah. Defense, I think that property but... is now there's such hyper focus on it; it's difficult to. Yeah, and now yeah. they're now they're fucked. Uh, I mean, all this to say, uh, email things at brokenthings.ca to order my version of the Atari. It'll cost you like two hundred dollars. All in lawsuits, custom built for you. Oh, <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> Fucking love it. All right, guys. 
I need you guys to explain something to me. All right. Something that I personally don't understand. Something that I haven't been able to get into. And I think you're going to see the obvious segue with my question and our next. So when a mom loves a dad very much. All right. For once, we've actually had to stop and edit the show. Tyler, you got me. That was a great joke. I will, you know, fucking kudos to you. I don't know what happened. I don't know what's going on with my computer. I don't know what's going on with my life anymore. But yeah, it just dropped. It just fucking dropped. Yeah, okay, so it was what, it was good. What was Tyler going to try explaining? Because if you can't understand it, I don't think I'll have the hope in hell of trying to explain whatever this is. So, All right. Yeah, what was... What I need my help, bad joke aside. What I help... Oh my god. What? Oh, fuck. I can't speak. When I help the words be good. <laughs> what I need help with understanding is Among Us and the craze oh. with Among Us. <laughs> oh, you've asked the wrong person. Oh, I might be able to explain. Because I tried to play it, and I had the worst time I have had playing a game in five years. Let me tell you, I had the exact same experience. Yeah. I, I, was, I have a group of friends who've been playing it a lot, and they, I joined them. I, I bought it because I don't want to play on my phone, and that's you know that's fair. And I don't, and, I, and for what it's worth, I don't blame the Among Us people. Like I'm like, it, I, I paid five bucks. I I got ten hours of gameplay out of it. That's fine, but I hated every every minute of it. Um, it's it's a social deduction game that's very very cheap and doesn't require a lot of brain power. Yep. Um, the I was. Yeah, I played for 10 hours over two evenings, and it was infuriating. There are people who are like, oh my god, this is like some 5D chess maneuvers. And I'm like, what? It's obviously this person. They, they explain to you a thing about the layout of the level that doesn't make sense. And everyone's like, oh, Tyler's the killer. And I'm like, no, 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 stop. He said, we both went to this room together, and then he went right and died. And if we believe these two other people who were said they were right there, you would have seen that? Yeah. And everyone's like, nope, Tyler's the killer, and they kill me, and I'm not the killer. And then that person I said is obviously the killer was. So what it is, is it's free, and it's some... It's just, you know, people yelling at each other on Discord or whatever, and thinking they're smart, because it's a pretty rudimentary social deduction game. And everyone's operating on a crazy level of brain fog right now. Um, yeah, I agree with what Tyler's saying. Uh, I just think it's a great example of the power of game streaming services like Twitch. Yep. Because and, and really, yeah, like really, if it wasn't for some of these game streamers embracing it in the 2020 context, as Tyler pointed out with the brain fog, and the isolation and this is a social game yeah i think you you take all those things you stream it and all of a sudden people start getting excited because it's a social interaction that they're otherwise not capable of having in a context that could be fun for some people right yeah. i don't know that it's it's my game at all but i do think that it it goes to that strength and you know i relate that back to that stadia story or you know the supposed director of stadia basically attacking streamers and saying well we could basically we could 
you know, you guys are criminally using our games. And yeah, not and criminally. Them. Civilly. Well, civilly, yeah, sorry. Yep. And he's just he's he made that case, but I think the prevailing argument against him in this situation is is just the fact that among us rocketed into a stratospheric placement yeah. two years after the game came out or three years. Like wow. Yeah, I I can understand his frustration to an extent, mm -hmm. but his solution is bananas, right? Like Yeah. He is his first tweet was correct in that legally, you know, streamers have no right to be able to stream. Mm -hmm. It sucks, but it's true. It's similar to fan fiction. Whether you like fan fiction or not, there is no actual legal right for you to be able to write your own Harry Potter stories. Right. And it goes against all of copyright law. And we can have a long debate about what we want to do with copyright law and whether we want to change that. But the lay of the land right now, he's right. Of legally, they could go and they could, like, you know, for example, Minecraft could have gone to PewDiePie like day one and been like, nope, shutting you down. You can't do this. We need our cut. And well, didn't Nintendo have an aggressive. Yeah, Nintendo used a very aggressive one. Yeah, and that's why you didn't see any Nintendo stuff on streamers for a long time. Yeah. Right. And I think that Nintendo was one of the few companies that could have gotten away with it. But especially if you're a Mojang, if you're the people behind Among Us, you're doing any of these other games that are a little bit quirky and a little bit weirder, you need it. It's just that's mm -hmm. part of your marketing arm. And yeah. we, we've seen people will send free games and or pay people to do stuff on streams, ranging from Polygon has Brian David Gilbert do stuff for Valorant and Crash Bandicoot all the way to... I don't know. PewDiePie plays Far Cry Primal and says maybe buy a Ubisoft game and ignore the allegations of sexual assault and union busting. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, and just to be clear, that guy wasn't Ostadia. He works. He's a director of a Montreal-based uh, software company that developed for Stadia. But he claimed falsely in his profile that he was a director at Stadia. He which is corrected that, which is a bananas thing to claim yeah. as an aside. It is. Well, you know, like you know, we we've covered it. Stadia is not looking like the type of great video game company that Google wants it to be, and it certainly doesn't seem to be being empowered by Google to be a success. I know they're they they made a vague statement that basically said. We're committed to Stadia as long as Google's committed to Stadia. <laughs> so take that as you may. There's an obvious window in there where Google could just say we'd no longer have confidence in this product and it wouldn't surprise anybody. Yeah, but it, it made up... for a tough week for Stadia fans. Yeah. Fan. Stadia fan. Yeah, fan. The fan. The fan. You know. Todd from Tennessee. Yeah, which reminds me, I gotta cancel my subscription by November first, otherwise <laughs> I get billed. <laughs> But yeah, I, I found the, the service runs well. I just don't know how much I'd be willing to pony up money like Cyber 2077 is coming out on Stadia. Would I spend 70 bucks for a game I don't own that could be shut down at any moment? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I just can't see that being a big revenue stream. Exactly. So yeah, so, so streamers kind of have had it very easy for many years, though, when you think about it, like, aside from a company here and there, like Nintendo really attacking, not even attacking them, but kind of going after their property, making sure that 
things are, um, you know, for lack of a better word, kosher. Um, you know, they've kind of had an easy road for the most part until recently, right? Until recently, yeah. have we seen more claims against streamers? Um, you know, all week for the past few weeks, I've been seeing more kind of streamers. You know, for some reason, bitching, complaining that they've been shut down because of the music yep. that they're playing in the background. Um, mm -hmm. You know, here's here's my take on this. You know better, you know, you or OK, let me rephrase that. You should know better. You should yep. know what you can and can't do. There's a reason why we have almost all original music on this or altered enough um, you know, music, unless we have the right written permissions and whatnot. Like, there's a reason mm -hmm. why um, podcasters get kicked off left, right, and center from Spotify and whatnot. Like, there's so many rules. But if you follow the rules, you're good. Um, you know, if you're a, a person who wants to stream, make sure that you are using music that you can use, especially if you're pumping in that music into your stream like i just yep. don't understand how this is a lost concept and how streamers could be upset that companies are going after their property when they don't know they being the companies don't know how you're using their property you know for all that they know it's it's a it's it's an amateur porn video that's being streamed they don't know you know yeah well i think it just speaks to the generational gap that there is you look at streamers and, you know, not to say all streamers are the same. I'm sure there are some more mature streamers out there, but a lot of them are people who grew, who have grown up in a world where this concept of copyright, I don't think is completely adherent, right? Like we all yeah. saw what happened with Napster and, and we're all hyper aware of Metallica and all these different bands and, and record labels that took great offense. But then you take a kid who's born in, you know, let's just say <laughs> 2000 and just spotify is just there it's yeah. got all the music you know you, you don't own anything you just fire up the app and pay a subscription and you have the yeah. world at your doorstep for music yeah. and then they go i want to express myself with that in my stream and monetize and blah 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 and the concept just doesn't exist so i think it's a lot of education and i think twitch enabled it by not basically uh coming down on it earlier they allowed anything and everything to go. I don't think Amazon has really uh, monitored that property very closely as far as that goes. I don't think there was a real way outside of the human in intervention before, right? As uh, Before, you had humans literally going through streams trying to catch what's going on. Now with AI, you know, they have an easier way to catch you. Yeah, well, look at what YouTube, right? I, I, exactly. I think that they have stuff crawling. All that stuff all the time looking for that yep. that violation exactly i mean a lot of people would even argue that youtube's dmca and related ai bots are overly aggressive yes yes um it's a pretty common complaint i don't i want to push back on phil's assertion that they're just young and don't know any better because i think that a lot of them know this don't they just think it should be allowed yeah fair right because if you look at like Modern Dungeons and Dragons and modern video games owe a lot to the streaming community for their to their credit, right? Right, like D and D started supporting streaming and actual plays back in fourth edition, and I think that that part of how fifth edition is now like bananas, double digit growth year over year is because of how much they've partnered with streaming services. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
so yeah, I, I I think that just a lot of people don't are like, well, they they it's up to the music field to figure out how to monetize it, and that that's stupid. But yeah, no, it's just it's yeah. it's kind of yeah, I I get exactly what you mean, but it's just kind of like inter interesting for me to kind of see all of this play out, and I feel like this happens mm-hmm. once every few years with whatever is popular at the time, right? Like every few years, there's these companies tend to pick up on their copyright claims and they try to, you know, get their stuff back. And then streaming this week kind of hit a new milestone and it merged and it had a weird sex child with another thing, and that is politics. And that's AOC and her Twitch stream. For anyone Mm -hmm. who is not in the know, AOC had a Twitch stream earlier this week when she sent out a tweet, anyone want to play Among Us with me on Twitch to get up the vote? New York Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the youngest woman to ever be elected to Congress, asked out of the blue on Twitter, and holy shit, did things blow up. At one point, she had over 450,000 viewers at once and i don't think people realize how big this actually is you know the biggest complaint in politics seems to be how do we get the young people out there to vote how do we make sure that young people give a crap about voting that they're at least in tune enough with what's happening in the world around them that they can go out and vote you know and for obama for example was able to get some young momentum you know Mm -hmm. that momentum was lost you know for the past few years aoc her being young her kind of being that rebel um representative her being in 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 tune you know and her kind of upbringing of bartender turned rep um a lot of youth are able to actually kind of um make that, that 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 you know comparison they can they can um they understand her they they know kind mm-hmm. of her upbringing they kind of can they have that kindred connection with her um mm-hmm. and now you know going to a platform like twitch being able to literally talk one-on-one with them to a certain extent um you know having someone who makes these all-important decisions do what you do on your time off, on your downtime. They've been able to, like, sh- like this is now the connection that politicians for and strategists and think tanks have been thinking of how can we get the youth involved in politics? Mm-hmm. And here you go. Here it is. Tyler, your thoughts. Yeah, so, I mean, I've been a big fan of H-Bomber Guy for a while, actually, and he's one of the people who appeared on AOC's stream. Um, and it seems to me that they're genuinely friendly, or at least, or maybe friends, because a few years ago, he had a charity stream that AOC came on as well. Um, and they had Pokemane. So they had a bunch of like people who are, are bigger personalities. And it's worth noting that AOC and some of the other members of the relatively progressive political parties, particularly in the US, Canada, and the UK interact with and have this relationship with what's what's called BreadTube, which is this like 
pretty progressive, at times very lefty community on primarily YouTube and Twitch that, you know, it's, it's, it's got this cross-pollination thing going on. And, I mean, you look at the data, the, the Democratic Party released that AOC's Among Us stream is the single most effective get-out-the-vote campaign they have ever had. There you go. It was, it was yeah. bigger than Taylor Swift telling people to vote for Biden. It was bigger than anything they've ever done. And like by they haven't they haven't delivered specific data, but it really appears to be by like a margin. Yep, that's the yeah, thing it, because it, here it's it's you don't have a median like a middle person telling you to do something. This is for once the politician getting off their fucking lazy ass and actually doing the thing, actually going out there and literally connecting with people. Yeah, it just it just to me again. I'll bring it into the 2020 realm. You know, we have uh, in the states, particularly uh, uh, a kind of vote that doesn't attract it. It's repellent to the young people because it's two very old candidates running. But it just illustrates to me the frustration here. I'm I really applaud this effort by AOC to get the young voters interested in this political movement through a one-on-one type message, right? Like that, that relationship with the streamers or the watchers. And, uh, it just shows the, the differences between, you know, the two parties. Cause it just seems like one party is trying to suppress a vote and the other one is working actively to encourage democracy occurs. So good on them. Yep. And here's the thing. We're not telling anyone one way that this, no. you know, we're not telling anyone to vote one way or another. What, I am trying to say right here is that after years and years of pondering how we can get the vote out there, how we can get the youth involved, you have someone who actually did something about it. Pokemon go to the polls. No. <laughs> Act like a goddamn human. Oh, hey, and I, and obviously here up in Canada, we don't have uh, a direct horse in this race or anything, but I would encourage everybody to go out and vote that can in the United States. And I'm not telling you how to vote or anything like that, but I think your participation in your democracy is to be applauded. So please do it. All right, there we go. Amazon Luna invites have started coming out. Um, you know, I know we talk about Stadia. And we have been talking about that off and on for years. Um, do and does do we think this is going to be a thing, or is this just going to end up in the technology graveyard? Technology graveyard. Like, look at look at Crucible. Yeah, was that Amazon? Amazon tried to make this massive game, and and it looked like a boardroom concoction of horror. And it ended up being that. And I'm not bagging on Amazon. Like, good on them for going out there and trying it. And good on them for unplugging it. Like, and just saying, no. But I, I just can't see Amazon, no matter how many billions of dollars that they're making, just going to continue to tilt at this windmill. I just, I can't see it being a, a, a type of environment that's going to really pay off anytime soon. And I think it's just an experiment that's back, that's getting on the backbone of a cloud service that they're running. And if anything, it just goes to show that they've conquered latency in some different way. Yeah. Uh, the The only thing that I see that as an advantage with this Luna service is that I would like to just 
experience maybe is the fact that the controller doesn't Bluetooth to your phone. The controller actually Wi-Fi's out to the cloud. Yeah, yeah. So maybe that eliminates a lag point. Maybe. But here's, you know, when it comes to new adventures in gaming, you know, the new players, and this is kind of the first thing I asked about that Atari system. That is something that I learned and I think Sega has learned throughout the years, and this is the reason why Sega is out of the hardware game, that's because it, you know, you can have a beautiful system, you can have a system that makes sense, um, you can have the perfect system, but if you're missing out on third-party apps, those developers, those games that people actually want to play, no matter how good your hardware is, you're not going to move forward, you're not going to get traction, you're not going to win. So I, I, you know, I feel like all these companies, Google, Amazon, Atari, etc., unless they have the publishers and the apps are behind it, it's just not going to get any traction, and it's going to end up in the tech graveyard. I agree. It's you know, I think Microsoft learned that lesson the hard way with their Xbox One series, and they're obviously trying to rectify that now. But that further fragments the field for everybody else as well, right? The more Sony and, and Microsoft start eating up all these great developers, the more those developers aren't available for other platforms and the more it just makes it a two-horse race. And you're freezing out the competition. And I don't know if it's a bad thing per se, but I, I always like the idea that more competition is better for the consumer. Oh, yeah. It's just a matter of, I don't think that Google and Amazon and everybody really have a proper place to, to put that horse in the race. You know what I mean? Like it just, it feels like it's exploitive at best. You know, like, I just don't understand why these companies feel the need to make their, the announcement on hardware before they have that yeah. developer backing. Like, I, I feel like they're putting, um, you know, the carriage before the horse. Like, I, I just feel like it just doesn't make sense to me. Um, is it the, is their strategy, we're going to put this out, you know, show that there is traction so that the publishers come to us? Um, it just seems like a very catch-22 type scenario that these companies are having. But personally, if I were one of these big tech conglomerates, you know what I'm trying to say, um, <laughs> and I can't finish the word because the feedback in my ear, um, you know, if I was one of these huge tech companies that had a system in the wings, I wouldn't make an announcement until I can actually show, you know, these huge-ass games, these super popular games, AAA titles on my system. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, Microsoft did that with xCloud. Yeah. Right. They kind of slipped it through. They, they made it known that it was being worked on and then boom, it shows up on your app and then you're able to play and you're able to play the catalog. Yeah. And it works. Mm -hmm. uh, they've been by far to me, the most successful streaming service if there's any chance that a company's going to get it right or succeed with this, my money is on Microsoft. The issue that I have with Microsoft right now, and I know that we're kind of jumping subjects right now, is that I find that Microsoft literally has, they're trying to do too much. They're trying to put mm -hmm. their um, 
they're tipping their toe in every pool right now. They're just trying to do too much in too little time. And while they have a very major release coming up in a few weeks, I feel like that release has taken second fiddle um, to everything else that they're trying to do with the streaming services, with, you know, being multi-platform, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I, I just don't see that they're focused on one thing right now. They're trying to do too much all at the same time. And I can see that actually backfiring more than anything else. Yeah, it's a lot back... that Microsoft are doing. Sorry, Tyler, yeah. go ahead. I was just, I was just, I've been, I've been sitting here mulling over what you're talking about and I don't disagree but for the sake of the podcast, I'm going to push back yeah. a smidge and lay out a scenario. Do it. I, and I want to upfront that I'm not like wedded to this scenario. It's just been me trying to be like, it, like put myself in an Amazon exec's shoes and what would I be doing? Yeah. And I almost wonder if, you know, because they own Twitch, they own Amazon, they have Amazon Prime. And, and when Amazon Prime television came out, it wasn't like there wasn't a lot to recommend it at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder how much of it is, you know, Amazon looks at what Epic's been doing over the past year, year and a half, and looks at, you know, the pluses and minuses, and is like, all right, what if we did the same thing we did with Prime Television and roll it out through here? And, you know, it, it brings in what we were talking about with streamers. If they own Twitch, so they have all the contact information for a bunch of major streamers to be like, here's your Luna. Uh, you're going to get some preferred ad placement if you do at least this month, this much Luna streaming during your next month. Yeah. You know, we guarantee you, or you, you can't get to front page, for example, if you don't hit 20% of your streaming. Um, and then also, you know, figure out a way to make it functionally that, or the work the same way Prime Television does, which seems to be what they're trying to get towards, right? Yeah. yeah. Of make it just work at a reasonable price and i mean again i don't love that amazon is very much becoming a cyberpunk conglomerate terror show yeah but if i'm gonna run a a terrifying cyberpunk conglomerate terror show you find a way to just be like where it's just easy and it works and you're just ready to go and you i like i mean i own a television that runs on amazon and that's a banana statement because they keep serving me Amazon ads. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, and it, it's true. Like it's right now, we're at the spot where we're not seeing it merge up very well. It mm. could be that situation where you know somebody the light bulb goes off and they go, "Well, we have Twitch." It just seems to me that Twitch is like this appendage of Amazon that even Jeff nobody really realizes is there or that they own it. You know what I mean? Like it, it just feels like it's got its community it's obviously a strong base they're bringing up prime video as you mentioned to be a focus point there is some kind of brainchild here possibly uh that you've drawn the conclusion for that the two could be related in strategy and concept but i guess i i would expect more off of the launch information that i've seen to to basically guide guide me as that consumer to that where i'd go okay if i want to get on luna i better get my twitch stuff sorted out if i want to you know these things have to coexist and to right now it just seems like well luna is now this new child Mm -hmm. that's spinning off over here and saying come play me and they're not really connecting the dots between those big entities at the same time if luna were to gather the momentum 
of the publishers that create these free-to-play games, that could be a huge thing also. You know, with that strategy of having Twitch behind them and Amazon and blah, 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 and, you know, the power of the streaming and ads and whatnot, you know, you can come up with a very compelling system that has things like Apex Legends, Fortnite, Among Us, you know, at a reasonable price. These games that are huge on on the Twitch platform, doesn't you don't need those AAA titles like Last of Us Part 2 or Halo, you know, I think you can make a very good system of and monetize it properly if you can get these publishers of some of these free-to-play games. And I'm using free-to-play very loosely. I I'm I'm doing a little bit of research as we go, and I want to push back on Phil a little bit because I think that that there is a perception that Amazon doesn't know what to do with Twitch, and yeah. I think that Amazon does know what to do with Twitch, right. and they're just being very slow play with it because I think that's what they have to be, right? Mm-hmm. Because I think that if you look at it and you look at the fact that you know Twitch is having more political streams come on, and Twitch is having more streams that aren't video gaming, and they're starting to grow, um, I think that it's it's Amazon. Amazon is doing a very slow play fight against YouTube. I mean, you'll get it from hmm. right now, as of Q1 2020, there is an average of 1.4 million viewers at any given moment on Twitch. Right. That's your average, like, not daily views. That's your average, like, second views. Yep. Right. Um, and then the platform is built in with Amazon Prime. So if you're a streamer and you're playing Among Us, Bad example, but if you're playing, you know, Ubisoft game du jour, and someone goes, you know what, I like this, I want to pick it up. Yeah, you, you just click a thing, and the streamer gets their affiliate money, and it goes through Prime, and you don't have to leave Twitch to buy the game. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's definitely where they could go. I just don't see that that plan is highlighted yet, but it's early days. Oh and yeah, yeah, I, think- I, I, I'm totally trying to base all my twitch observations off the layperson view yeah which i think is that amazon don't really have a lot of direct control but like twitch is is completely a behemoth like it it, they there's no way that they can not know about it and and have a strategy i do agree in the boardroom there's something going on they 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 have good control over what's happening yeah everybody now has heard if they don't know exactly what twitch is and I'm using everybody very loosely right now. I think a lot of people know of Twitch. You know, Twitch is turning mm-hmm. into a household name, like a YouTube, like a Google, right? Like it's just the place to stream and then some. Um, so you know, and I was just doing some thinking as we were chatting. And can you imagine if Comicsology, which is also owned by Amazon, were to kind of get in the background, like a um, an on-demand comic service going. And then you can yep. sell your nerd package. Comicsology plus Luna plus a Twitch premium subscription. You know? I mean, Twitch premium's already free if you have Amazon Prime. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You just it's, have to go through this convoluted linking of your accounts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a little bit it's a little bit derpy. Yeah. Yeah. But it's there. I also think that I mean I, I'm I pulled up data on Twitch as we go. Did you know that Twitch has more v- daily viewers than CNN? I'm not shocked. Not I'm not shocked. None of, none of this stuff shocks me when you think about a total online service versus a cable news network. Um, you know, yeah. the, the, the online now at this point, we're at a point now where your 
the your availability alone to an audience being online is much greater mm -hmm. than being a cable news network. I mean, you got to remember, like, like Fox News is still one of like the the most watched yeah. things ever. Like Tucker Carlson, I think, is like the most watched media personality ever. Yeah, and Twitch is catching up to Fox. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, but yeah, just just as an example, this week I called in to my cable provider, and I'm mm -hmm. like, "Look, I'm really unhappy with the price I'm paying. Mm -hmm. Like, if if I wasn't hampered by certain conditions." in my household, I would not have a cable subscription right now. And then we worked really hard and we got it down like an additional $60 and I didn't yeah. need any content. And I'm just thinking like kids now, like they're not even going to like, people are not even going to bother with cable television. There's no. no audience for CNN and whatnot going forward. And the amount of people that I hear from and they go, well, I get my news from Facebook, which just makes me cringe. Like every oh, time. Like that, you're getting opinions from Facebook. That's not news. Like, I'm sorry. Like, it, it is worth noting these CNN and Fox numbers, for example, include online. Because, yeah. And I mean, I think yeah. everyone knows I'm not a fan of Fox News for a variety of reasons, <laughs> but they've got good online game. Yeah. But everybody has to watch Fox on both sides of the political party just to know what's going on. Like, I, I think we all know that CNN's going to be the reasonable voice in the room as far as you know, the political end of it. We, they, everybody on the right side knows what the left is saying. I think it's the people right now in this hyper tension world that are wondering what the heck is the right up to now. And I think that that's where Fox's strength comes from. Yes. I'm leaving that one alone. Yeah, I, I it got really political, so I apologize. Yeah, I'm no, all no, of a sudden no. like, oh, we're, are we going to delve into? I don't want like, to delve into it. I demographics just, I, I was and just, usage rates. Yeah, no, the, I, I just wanted to know, make that layman point. It's actually funny because right now, for another thing I'm working on, I'm looking at ratings and throughout the election cycle, kind of how ratings have been okay. affected um, week to week, uh, especially looking at that all important 18 to 49 demo, right? Um, even in the 18 to 49 demo, Fox is fucking killing it. Um, yeah. you know, like the 18 to 49 demo, Fox is typically number one. Then you see a bunch of sports. Then you see real housewives somewhere in the middle. You know, it's, it's, it's very interesting to see. Um, so yeah, it's, it's having this online presence, Twitch, you know, it's, it's, it is a household name. You know, regardless of whether you're a gamer or not, it's you know of it at this point. Mm -hmm. Big time. Uh, anything else you want to share on that, Tyler, before we move on? On Twitch? No, I mean, I think that Amazon's got a plan for it. It's what it really comes down to. And you look at how much they've been starting to crack down and set up more increasing numbers of rules and like slowly rolling it out. There's, it varies, obviously, like, oh, they're working on stuff. There's a strategy. There's something's going on right now in the background. Some announcement's going to happen. There's a reason why um, copyright claims have been going out like mad the past few yeah. weeks. So, you know, we will keep an but eye is, on that. Is that coming from Twitch or is it coming from the, the, the studios that own the property? It's like where's coming, the, where does that originate? Is, is it coming from the record company? It's both. It's coming so, from both. Yeah. Well, so okay. what, it, what it comes down to is, I mean, we're out talking about how the DMCA works, but assuming you use the American model of the DMCA, anyone can file a DMCA. Like literally, someone could file a DMCA for me saying the words. Anyone can file a DMCA, 
and then they file it with the, whoever's hosting us. So let's say you're listening to us on iTunes. They file it. They file a DMC with iTunes, and someone in iTunes has to take a look at it, and they have to decide yeah. if it's meritorious or not. We've had that happen with our episode. I was literally going to say that's happened to us a few times. Oddly enough, when we've gotten a little political, hmm. oh, oh look, I like filing non-motivated DMCs is a whole fucking thing. But I mean, it, it was one of the topics I pitched for this week was talking about DMC usage to stop public performance and stuff. But it's it's then your provider has to have has ten days to forward it onto you or not. And if they forward it onto you, they force you to pull it down. And then the person has 10 days to file with you. If you take it down, it's over. Or they forward it to you, and they say, we're not going to pull it down. And then the person has 10 days to file a lawsuit against you. And if they don't, it's assumed they don't really believe in the case. And if they do, they then have to take you to court, and you have to go to court, and you actually argue the case. Um, and, and then, you know, we would use we're fair use under commentary. It would be most of our defenses. As a, uh, specifically a podcast. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Long story short, something's going to happen soon. Some announcement's coming. They're gearing up for something. Who knows what that something is? We'll, we'll, we'll stay on top of it, and we'll talk about it when the time comes. So I think we're going to jump into movies. So while we stick with Amazon and things Amazon has been doing right... Um, you know, Amazon Prime video has been pumping out tons of originals from the boys to the expanse, etc., and so much in between. Um, they've also been uh, releasing a bunch of exclusive movies. And on Friday, there was another exclusive that came out. I think oh. we were talking about this offline, and we've been talking about this a little bit on our chat, and that's Borat 2. Very nice. Oh, God. Jen Kui. Uh, fucking 2020. 2020 keeps on giving. That movie isn't political at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> Nothing political there. Nothing political <laughs> there. But yeah, Borat 2 came out. Um, what do you guys want to say about this? I just kind of like have this in my notes. Open. Open chatter. I, I don't, I don't want to go anywhere with this. But you guys can have, take the convo where you want. Have we all seen it now? I have. I have. Yeah, me too. Okay. I just want to. Ch- I want to check that front. You go first. I, Phil. Well, let's be mindful of spoilers because it is relatively fresh. Not that there's really anything to spoil. It's just comedy. Um, it's just it's comedy. Of, well, it's political comedy. It, it's Borat. Like, like you, you, you bluntly put it in our chat. What do you accept, expect? It's Sasha Baron Cohen. I guess for me personally, I watched it and I was just, it brought me back to the first movie, which I haven't been brought back to that level in a long time, where I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is outrageous. Like, it's just, I forgot how outrageous Ali G and, and all of this stuff really was and is. And the movie just brought me back to that spot where I'm like, Oh yeah, you know Tyler's right. Um, this is par for the course. It's just I haven't played on this course in a while. <laughs> yep, I, I like that way of putting it. Yeah, that's a beautiful way to put it. Yeah, I've been thinking about it because I I don't know. 
like it's it, the thing I'm I'm most not looking forward to is exactly what we did in that parody little bit is it's just everybody walking around talking like Borat for the next two weeks and thinking that it's the first time anyone's ever done that when we can all remember 2007 and pre 2007 when Borat was a character on the LAG show and had a spot and you know very nice and all that oh gosh I'm just it's okay when Sasha's doing it. It's you know it's good that they had the inclusion of the daughter. There's you know an attempt at a story in there for those who haven't seen it, and um, it's highly politically positioned uh, to say the least. It's very 2020. You know they filmed it. Yeah. Like, I don't. I, well, I don't think we're going to be spoiling anything when we say that COVID nineteen is a major thing in that movie. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and he just has quote-unquote fun with it um you know is it tasteless yeah at times but you know mm-hmm. it is sasha baron cohen um you know having said that when uh you know when when we're giving trump shit for dancing on stage when two hundred thousand people have passed away but then you know I, at the same time i'm not going to give sasha baron cohen a free pass for having jokes as two hundred thousand people passed away so it's kind of like yeah you know it's it's too soon i mean yeah it's on the moment like it's the dirt isn't even over the grave like right yeah Yeah. i i think that he had an attempt that he was trying to shed light on some of the legitimate concerns there are especially in the american political process which has always been his kind of thing is he he uses these caricatures to really see what he can get other people to do, what other people to say, as a way of shining a sort of like light. He's been, mm-hmm. it seems he's been doing the the interview circuit and treating it like it's it's like deep. It's like oh, I'm doing some like some deep journalism. I'm like I don't know if there there's a couple of things that I think should have been brought up, and I think that if you you know if he, it seems like they started production before COVID got real bad. Yeah. Yeah, um, and then we're that, just like, what is this happening? Yeah, I think they were going for in another completely different direction than COVID happened, and you can almost see that in the middle of the movie, that kind of like shift in one thing to the other. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. There's a couple of things that happen in there that I think are actually bananas important for people to know about. Um, yeah. go ahead. Let's talk about it. Well, if we're gonna do spoilers. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Spoiler, Stop spoilers. listening if um you know the, you haven't seen it and you want to be yeah, surprised. So the, the biggest thing is that they got an interview with Rudy Giuliani. Yeah. Of that level. And he, I'm not I'm not even going into the, the whole thing about whether or not whether or not they were gonna get her to sleep with him and that whole thing. The fact that he let a bunch of that shit happen, to me is already like that is a national security concern. Like, it is, especially with, like, the record that Giuliani has. With, like, it just, it seems to be, to get Mayor Giuliani to talk to you, you need to seem like you have money? Yeah, but, you know, and I can't believe these words are going to leave my mouth. In Giuliani's defense. Okay. I feel dirty. Oh, oh in his defense. Mm-hmm. He doesn't directly work for the white house 
Well, nope, you can't he use that a... as direct defense because he has been doing fixer stuff and he has been involved in American foreign policy. Okay. Fair I, enough. He I, has I, been. I just I just know that he's he's, you know, Trump's lawyer. Yeah. Personal lawyer. Well who's obviously he's operating got, in a different capacity. He's got the White but... House clearance. You know, once you have White House clearance, you work for okay. the White House. All right, I retract it. I don't need to defend him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the larger you know, thing being, like, even if he's not, he is 100% involved in major parts of American foreign policy. And that it is bananas. And I don't, under, like, I don't understand how they were, the fact that they were able to get an interview with him yeah. is, to me, insane. Well, there's there's a history with Ali G, right, in the fixers of his show. Sure. That yeah. they're able to penetrate. Because remember, Ali G, like, interviewed Boutros, Boutros Galli. Like, yeah. remember, you know, and they kept on apparently going into these interviews and saying, well, we're trying to do it for the street kids and stuff like that. And Sasha Baron Cohen would be not in character. Mm-hmm. And then he would go into character and there would be a lot of apologies off camera sure. about it and things sure. like that. Like, it's edited. Yeah, right? of course. Like, no, no, just, I'm not. I'm not after anything that happened on camera. Let's remember. <laughs> let's take a step back and remember that Sasha Baron Cohen just two years ago released "Who Is America," yeah. which just completely infiltrated some very high stakes people in government. Um, so yeah. you know they they know how to they know what they're doing. That like they know how to get these interviews is what I'm trying to say. And, and what I'm yeah. saying is. The other side, people, the people who are giving these interviews should be smarter. Yeah. Right? It's like when, when, when you're able to call someone and convince them that you're like the ambassador from France. Of like, how are you not? Sasha Barrett Cohen's famous. How are they mm-hmm. not able to do any sort of background checks on these people? How are they not dealing with this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's somebody asleep at the switch. Like, I, I but, the thing that I took out of that movie that I kind of walked away and thought that it was well done in in terms of the messages was when he was hanging out with the covid guys mm-hmm. and how they immediately believed in a lot of conspiracy stuff and then they when he started bringing to light his views on women they immediately said well that's conspiracy you're believing it yeah you know they they could see his reality as a conspiracy but they couldn't perceive their own in yeah. that thing i mean that's pretty common yeah 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 it's not super complex (laughs) going back so going back to tyler's point and i just Mm kind of want to make this like assertion um for our listeners and that i agree with you tyler that it is absolutely insane that it Mm -hmm. in a world with so much um i don't even know what word to use in a world where we need to protect certain people a little more. Um, you know, th- they being Sasha Baron Cohen's production people are the are able to get access to these people so easily. And it just goes to show you, you know, for me, one of the things that I was thinking about at that point was, you know, all these stories that we hear about stuff happening in Russia, uh, you know, with the with the administration and whatnot. And and I'm and I'm talking about you know the embarrassing stuff you know the the pissing on hookers stuff, a lot of this yeah. stuff seems a lot more 
possible because it is so easy to get a hold of these people like you know and then you have information against these people like look how easy it what if you know this was um a an actual attempt at a third party country trying to manipulate and get something over someone as high stakes as Rudy Giuliani. Like, think about that. And they were easily able to get access to him. They were easily able to get enough video of him doing something embarrassing that now they can blackmail him. That, to mm -hmm. me, is the scary part. Oh, compromat. And that, that can be on either political side of the fence. No, right? and I, I'm it's just saying, yeah, I, yeah, I'm just somebody. Somebody high stakes has now been compromised. Oh, yeah. I I, I agree entirely. I, my concern isn't that Rudy Giuliani is from a specific, specific political inclination. Yeah. It's that. No, I, yeah. I wanted to make that abundantly clear. <laughs> That's all. Yeah. It's, it's the point stands it, on it, its own. Yeah, anyone. It could be anyone. You know, this could be anyone. Anyone. The yeah. fact that someone with so much clout, with so much say, with so much access to the president of the United States of America can so easily be compromised, to mm -hmm. me, that's a gong show. Big time. All right. So I that is Borat 2. Watch it if you want. Don't watch it if you want. You do you. I am not telling you to do anything. All right. It is a pretty big thing that that it launched on Amazon. It is big. It launched on Amazon. It's even funnier that it launched earlier to coincide with the shit show that was the debates. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was one hundred percent planned. Yeah, for sure. All right, moving on. No time to die. James Bond movie was reportedly seeking streaming deal to skip theaters. Bill and I were talking about this. Bill, Tyler, and I have talked about this so many times. What is the future of movies? And with COVID-19 running rampant, just killing off theaters at this point, MGM was allegedly looking for $600 million for No Time to Die. That's a lot of money. Yep. <laughs> yep. Man, oh man, I saw that figure and I'm like, wow. So yep. that's the going rate. Yep. So as reported by a variety, Apple, Netflix, and other streaming services were looking at acquiring the rights at no time to die. But according to multiple insiders at rival studios and companies, the $600 million price tag was deemed too rich for two of the free spending streaming services. Um, no Time to Die is set to cost more than $250 million to produce and has already lined up several prom promotional partnerships to defray these costs, including Land Rover, Omega Watches, and Heineken. So, there you go. That's the going Two of the rate. three. So, one yeah. of the three was okay with that price point? Yeah, probably. So I wonder if it is going to show up at some point. Like, let's just say they all left the table at 600 and said, eh, you know, two of them said, no way, too rich. And the other one goes, eh, just not right now. Yep. And then they come back to the table at Christmas and they go, oh, I got a deal for you. Five, yep. <laughs> 500. Yep. Sold sight on, you know, yeah, here you go. Release it tomorrow. But it just goes to wow. show you kind of what the going rate is for a major Hollywood film or major theatrical film. You see, I, I could see that that not only uh, that deal for me, if I'm a streaming company, would have to be 
I'll pay that price, but I also want access to the full back catalog on my streaming service. So if somebody wants to go through and watch every James Bond, they can do that for, you know, six months or whatever. Yeah. Like, we're going to be the home of James Bond. So, you know, what kind of deals do you have out there? Is it on Netflix or not? This back catalog, well, we want it off everything and we want it on ours. I bet you any money that's why this didn't happen. Is, isn't, yeah. I mean, on that though, aren't the, some of the older James Bond films under like a different company now? Yep. Could be. Yeah. yeah. There's the James Bond films and their rights are just all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm like, MGM had some of them, but I think right. United has oh. the first two. Yeah. And then Sony bought MGM. And then, yeah. It's very confusing. Yeah. Very, very confusing. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a long story franchise, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's like that's, that's a huge book right there. And I, I, I'm, you know, positive, like, like you guys are saying, that it's had multiple companies. And it died a few times and got revived, right? Like, mm-hmm. there's no doubt about the plight of James Bond over the years. Yeah. So Timothy Dalton um, almost single-handedly ruined the franchise. Um, Pierce Brosnan brought it back. Pierce Brosnan took it in a whole other direction. And then Daniel Craig now brought it kind of back to this middle ground, more realistic thing. But again, I can, you know, now with this so much uncertainty and this being Daniel Craig's last Bond movie, we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. All right. So that is that. We talked about characters who don't want to die. We talked about Borat. We talked about James Bond. Now we have to talk about Jared Leto's Joker. Ooh. Yeah. Do we? It, yes, we do. So good news for no one else but Jared Leto. The actor will paint his face like the Joker once again, reprising the role in Zack Snyder's Justice League. So that's a thing. That that's happening. That's yeah. a thing. I don't know what to say about that. Like, I, I... Zack Snyder said the Snyder cut already existed. He said it was already done. Yep. Yeah, that's confusing to me. Yep. Confusing. It just reveals that he's full of shit. Yep. I, that was the my, that was honestly my first thought. Is how many times, even up to and including Fandom, Zack Snyder said it's all been filmed. It's all yeah. done. They've said so many times that they're not filming anything. Then you got some mixed messages somewhere in there saying that they're doing reshoots. Then they said no reshoots. Now we're going to shoehorn Jared Leto into this story. And and there's other people who are going to be showing up. Yeah. Look, I've not Ryan Reynolds as, as, as Green Lantern. Well. Jesus. Like, I don't know how real no, that is. It's Deathstroke. But, so, Jack, oh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, apparently, the reshoots now, they're also going to add Joe um, Magnilo. It's Deathstroke. Magnilon. Magnilo. Jo- jo- Joey M's Deathstroke. Joe M. DeBembem. Yep. <laughs> so, there you go. So, reshoots Crazy. with Deathstroke and Joker. Justice League hashtag what the fuck you know what I almost let go of my HBO in that negotiation with my cable provider 
and I managed to keep it just because I wanted to see how bad this got. <laughs> it's going to be so stupid. Like, I mean, to his credit, to his credit, if you're shooting stuff for the first time, not reshoots. Mm. Yeah, yeah, fact. Good point. Shit. God, I wish I could fuck up at work this bad and it would just be like people running to my defense. One day, Tyler. One day. One day. Uh, One day. One day. One day you'll be able to (laughs) fuck shit up so much. One day you'll be able to take an IP so popular, run it to the ground, feast, you know, throw feces on it, burn it, and people will still defend you. You know what? I'm I'm not going to say anything until I see it now. Like, honestly, it could be good. I I hope it's good for DC fans. It won't fans. be, though. I know. I just feel bad for the DC fans. That's all. I just... I'm a DC fan. I don't feel bad for myself. I know. I'm frustrated, well, I, but I just... It is what it is at this yeah. point. I'm I'm in it for the gong show at this point. Yeah, that's you gotta you gotta take that angle, I guess. Yep. Um, Ghostbusters Afterlife gets a new release date, uh, so it has supposed to hit theaters in July 2020. However, Sony now has announced the movie is getting pushed back for a second time to June 11th, 2021. Sure. Okay. Uh, they're making another Evil Dead movie. That's going to okay. be a thing. Bruce Campbell is going to be in it. Sorry. No, that's good. You know, Bruce is fun. Yeah. I like him in that stuff, but, you know, it seems like it's really old humor. At this yeah. Point. Let the past die. Kill yeah. it if you must. Yeah. Uh, Creed 3, Michael B. Jordan will direct. There you go. Still pumping out Ugh. Creed and Rocky movies. Which person, you know you what? The, the Creed movies have been awesome. I will say. Yeah, they, they've been good. They've, they've been, been better than I thought they would be. Yeah, so. It's the same as Cobra Kai or whatever. You know, it's fun to revisit those nostalgic things. Just like I know what your next news point is going to be that there's an announcement by Universal Pictures for Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. <laughs> you know, today's episode title is going to be Just Let Things Die. <laughs> yeah. Should be. Oh man, the nostalgia bag! Holy cow! Yeah, so we're feeding on it. Battlestar Galactica, a movie. This is now going to be a movie this time around. So from TV show to TV show to movie, BSG is back. I don't fracking know why. I don't get it. It is what it is. But you know what? I'm gonna watch it because I'm a sucker like that. I'll shit talk stuff yeah. and then watch it, play it, whatever. Hey, space. I'm sorry, you put sci-fi up on the screen, you got me, you know, my eyeballs are going to go to it. Unless it's Firefly. I hated everything to do with Firefly. Really? I liked it. I hated it so much. Oh my gosh, I loved it. Uh, I loved the movie Serenity. Oh, no, that's, I just cannot get into that. I can't get uh, into Oh, you know that. what? I had a big problem with it for a while. I was not feeling the Out West vibe, that whole, you know, janky end of it. Yeah. And then I embraced it, and Good thing yeah, because it 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 just when I stopped fighting it, I just accepted that universe so, and and started thinking about it that way. Wait, it felt good. <laughs> That's say it, Tyler. Say it. Say it, Tyler. 
Kevin. What it's called now. It sounds like that thing where you've been taken hostage and you're like, I guess I love you now. Oh, the Stockholm syndrome. syndrome. Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. No, it was. It. I just didn't like it. I. It's the same. I didn't camp like as it. And then it kept happening. And I like no, it. Now. And then I. I. I got over my initial objection to it, and I started thinking about it, and thinking about the type of world that they're setting up and whatnot. And then I thought, why not? Like it's already happened once in our history where people were going to new lands and this was the type of environment and economy and subset of rules that came out of it. And I don't know why that can't apply to planets and be like, you know, there's independent banks and stuff like that. And that's how the whole economy works out there. It's on that, you know, Western type system. Did you know, that in a little corner of the internet, there is an active geek fight happening right now. No way. I know. This geek fight is among Firefly fans and the Mandalorian fans. What? Yep. It's a thing. It's a thing. Oh, so the Firefly fans are saying that the Mandalorian copied them. Basically. Okay. Okay, well... The Cowboy Geeks. Bebop fans would like to talk to you. That's you thank know. you, Tyler. That is why I did not like Firefly because of Cowboy Sorry, Bebop what? and not Lost Star. Okay, all right, fair enough. The Trigun fans would like to talk to you. Uh, Trigun, oh, that is actually that era, like the early, like late nineties, early two thousands anime Trigun, Outlaw Star, Cowboy Bebop, Lane. Those shows were just semi Camp Yeah. Like, that's, that's my ish of anime. You know, that was, like, the golden era for me. I, I'm I'm just about to pull out the Star Wars stick and beat some Firefly fans. <laughs> I mean, that too. Yeah. Because, like, I, I, I hate to break it to the Firefly fans who maybe think that they owned Westerns in space, but Star Wars came out before Firefly, and Star Wars was a Western in space. And then Star Wars, in turn, stole from other stuff. Yep. Yeah. Flash score. And, and, like, let's just, yeah, but let's be blunt about it, though, too. Everything that the Mandalorian is doing is basically a direct homage to Akira Kurosawa. Yeah. Which oh, was a huge, Kurosawa, yeah. yeah, it's a huge influence of, of, of George Lucas, combining those elements of Flash Gordon and all that stuff. But, you know, if you watch the gallery series on Disney+, Plus, they, you know, the Ron Howard's daughter, Bryce, or whatever her name is, she directly remembers meeting with Akira Kurosawa and George Lucas in Japan and falling asleep and whatnot. Like the, these people know each other. These creatives have always been drawing upon each other. Like Samurai Seven was literally episode three, I think, of of uh, of the Mandalorian. Like these oh yeah, are, yeah, like ripped right out of that stuff. And they're made into westerns and whatnot too, you know. Well, so, and Kurosawa based a lot of his stuff on the western, so like it's a whole yeah, thing. It's, it's a, a whole little symbiotic it's thing. It's a cycle. Yep. yep. Yeah. So everything can exist together. Nobody has to beat their chest. Get along, geeks. <laughs> and we lost twenty five percent of our listeners. No. You say that every time. Just everybody can get along. You um, all have your sandboxes. I mean, Shang-Chi wrapped filming. Yes. 
Which I am really excited for that one, actually. It's Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings. I am, too. Mm. Sorry, um, Legend of the Ten Rings. Legends of the Ten Rings. Now, yeah, I never actually realized who the main character actor was. Yeah, he's from Kim's Convenience. Yeah, <laughs> I cannot. Like, and it's funny because I was actually catching up on Kim's Convenience this past week. And I'm like, I Great just I can't show. take this serious anymore. He's so cute, though. Oh, that show is brilliant. No, but yes. also the guy, like the guy who plays Chang Chi, is a good-looking boy. Yeah, he is. He is. Like the number of times they have him with the shirt off, and you're like, "That's what you get for Canadian television." Yeah, I know, right? Canadian television right now is just kicking ass left, right, and center. Yep. Sure. Oh, sure. Shit's Creek, Working Moms, um, other stuff. I know Kim's Kim's Convenience has just started shooting again due yep. to delays of the pandemic, but. I do happen to follow one of the people that is on the show who used to be a writer for Fraggle Rock, which is why I started following him. So funny. That's so funny. That's a small world. It is a small world. Oh, man. But yeah, did you also see, hey, since I said Fraggles, I'm just going to put this in there, and it doesn't belong in the movie section at all. Yeah, I have this fear. Yeah. We're rapping. So I'm just going to put it out there. November 1st, I'm going to be a very happy guy. I'm going to stay up till midnight on Saturday night on Halloween. Not to be Halloween-y, but to get my pre-order in for the Sesame Street Lego Ideas set. Yeah. Gotta I get that. that. Oh my goodness. I saw It looks that. so good. It does. I saw that. I'm like, oh, Phil's going to buy this. Lo and behold, like an, a minute later, I see your response on Twitter. I'm like, fucking called it. Yep. 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 Love, love, love it. So... It's going to yep. be fun. Big Bird, Ernie and Bert in Lego minifig form. Yeah, it's really Exciting cool. times. New molds. So that's a, that for all the Lego nerds out there, that's a precedent setting thing again, because they said that whenever they do idea sets, they don't want to make new molds. And then they finally did, which opens the door for a lot of stuff if they're going to continue that. Yeah, we're at a awesome point right now there's a lot of things happening you know just taking a look at all the releases and what's being released over the next few weeks we have a lot to talk about so like i said on wednesday we're going to be talking about all things mandalorian we're going to be chatting with the guys from bruise and blasters podcast hilarious podcast go check it out um you know they're, they're just a bunch of guys who love to talk Star Wars, beers, and pizza, and it's a fun time, and they get into some really interesting, obscure subjects sometimes, And but I, it's a really fun podcast. So we're going to be talking about all things Mandalorian, um, and if you notice, we didn't talk about TV too much because we're going to save it for Wednesday. Um, what else is coming up? We have our best and worst of PS4 and Xbox One. That's also coming up. Over the next few weeks as we get closer an inch closer to the release of PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X. That reminds me. I need And to let's not forget. Go next ahead. week. Hang on. Hang on. Next week we will be having a good episode and a good chat about episode one of season two of The Mandalorian coming up. So be sure to watch that Friday night everybody so that you can get your nerd on on Saturday show or Sunday show. Number one. All spoilers. We're going to be spoiling Mandalorian episode one next yeah. week. So you've been warned. Watch it before you listen to us. Um, what else is going on? There's a lot going on over the next few weeks. Uh, we are planning. I don't even know if these guys know, but we are planning a 
holiday episode, um, we're thinking a couple fun things. We're going to have kind of like our wacky annual episode that's going to involve a lot of weird stuff. Um, we're also going to have a buyer's guide, like a tech buyer's guide. Um, and we're going to talk about not only tech, but toys and, you know, a buyer's guide. Because we don't even know what Black Friday and Christmas is going to look like. But, you know, as we inch closer to those dates, we're going to be kind of giving you hints and tips on what you can buy those people in your life as we get closer to Christmas. Um, or what you didn't get under the tree that you might want for yourself. Exactly, exactly. So it's going to be a fun next few weeks and a busy next few weeks. Um, and then also on the side, I am working on a bunch of other projects that I hope we'll be able to chat about soon. We have a lot going on. And Phil, all of this would not be possible without our awesome listeners. And if they want to get a hold of us, can you tell them how they can get a hold of us? Certainly. All right, everybody. You can find us. Our website is basically www.itscanonpodcast.com. You can hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at It's Canon Podcast. You can email us at show at itscanonpodcast.com. You can subscribe to us via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Podbean, really anywhere you find podcasts, you're going to find the It's Canon Podcast. And Phil, you not like to what you hear stop you completely and throw you off, but you found us somewhere new this week. Oh, did I? I can't even remember now. Google TV. Oh, yeah, Google TV, but in a weird way. I'm working on that. <laughs> I'm, 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 we're going to be in some fun territory soon. Put it that way. But yes, in, in theory, you can find us on Google TV by downloading some of the podcast apps on there and doing a search for our show. So you can find us anywhere you find these podcasts. If you like what you hear so far, make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button. Please leave a review. Please leave some feedback. Hit us up on our social media uh, uh, handles. Give us a shout. Let us know what's going on in your world and what you'd like us to cover or talk about or engage in with you. That's right. Thank you so much. We are the It's Canon Podcast, the podcast that talks about all things everything. We talk about all things comics, all things books, all things toys, all things video games, all things Lego, all things everything. Bill, Tyler, do you know what the best part of it all is? It's all in canon. That's right. It's all in canon. Thank you so much. Tune in Wednesday as we chat. All things Mandalorian, all things TV, with Bruise and Blasters. It's going to be a fun time. Thank you so much. Goodbye. Yeah.